Welcome to the teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel South London. You can visit us at calvarychapelsouthlondon.org. Well, um, we're here and Pastor Ephraim said that, you know, in America they do state of address or something. Is it called a state of address? State of the nation address. And I'm not sure exactly what we would be entitling this, but... Um, sorry? Queen speech, king speech, our speech. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but just to, you know, on reflection of last year and um, trying to concise our vision of where we would like to go during this new year, um, you know, we decided to, to break up what we'd like to share with you um, within three sections, basically, and that's past present and future. So I've been given the, the duty of sharing the section entitled the past. And so, um, and that's just really, the past is just really a review of, of 2009 and what the Lord did amongst us, um, how he challenged us, how he allowed us to um, group together um, you know, how we really challenge individuals in their lives um, of how to really hang on to the Lord. And um, some, some individuals had really difficult years during 2009. And, um, you know, a lot of us had, you know, a, a, you know, an indifferent 2009. But we're still here, we're still in the race. And that's what we've got to give thanks for. So... As a review, um, you know, a, a, sub, a subheading, you know, in terms of celebrations, 2009, you know, we had the privilege of having three weddings in 2009. You know, we had Alex and Julia, Tim and Ella, um, that's four actually, Alex and Julia, Tim and Ella, Mac and Julia, and Reynolds and Charlotte. And, and that's just such a blessing to know that, you know, people's lives are being established, families are being established, and, um, you know, we just had the opportunity just to be involved within their weddings and, and be involved in, in their celebration and, and being witnesses. You know, you know, celebrating a wedding is lovely, but it isn't all about the wedding day, as we all know. It's about what goes on after that. And we were there as witnesses to their weddings, to their vows, and we have that responsibility as a fellowship, as a congregation, to make sure that they are, you know, staying true to those, those vows, that commitment they've made to each other. And if they're finding dip, difficulty in any areas that we would offer advice and support and encouragement. And, um, you know, it's just been wonderful to be able to um, do marriage counseling with these individuals and just to see how the Lord has established their relationship and, and how he's moving them forward. So things are moving. Things are moving. Amen. So celebrations in terms of weddings. We had additions. We had births. 
um, Jahazu and Nadine had Azalea. Michael and Denise um, had Micaiah. And Steve and Dorothy, Hannah. So we've had, you know, babies born within the fellowship as well. And um, again, what a blessing just to see how, you know, the fellowship is growing numerically in that way. Amen. Um, you're allowed to say amen too. If you um, agree with me. If you don't agree with me, you go, hmm. All right. So I don't know those hmms. I want some amens. Amen. 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 We had um, graduations, you know, some of us moved on to pastures new. Um, our sister Sabina, you know, it seems like a long time ago, but she moved back to Jamaica. And more recently, we had a, a Kusia who recently went to Ghana. You know, seeing how the Lord is just moving, it's like chess pieces to other places so that they can be a blessing in those different areas. And in... A very different way, but, um, you know, we had uh, Brother Sandeep and Brother Michael who moved on into glory, Amen. you know, to be with the Lord. And, um, you know, and so that was a difficult time for all of us, but um, a joy celebration to know that they have gone to be with the Lord. And that's the comfort we can have as believers, that we know that this life isn't all, it doesn't end there. You know, so, um, so graduations in that sense. Um, in terms of outreach, in terms of extending out the hand, you know, um, I don't know if you can remember back to, I think it was Easter when the youth done synopsis. Synopsis? synopsis youth? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Youth, can I get a witness? No. Youth, can I get a witness? Witness! witness. witness. Hallelujah! Amen! And the youth also done at Christmas time, if he was here, they'd done a fusical. Um, and it was very, very enjoyable. Amen, youth? Amen. Amen. All right, the youth are with us. We had the outreach that, you know, there's a big push and a big outreach to Jamaica. And, um, you know, all of you who went, I think it was, what, 50, 50 people? 47. Call it 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 47, call it 50. Ran it up, ran it up. 50 people, I mean, an outreach to Jamaica and, and all the wonderful things which were established out there and um, are continuing to go on out in Jamaica there. Um, family Day, we had our third year of Family Day. and Well attended. Well attended again, and this year, I mean, that is a continuous thing which even the young people in, in the Dulwich area continue to ask me, when is the next family day? When is the next family day? And so it's something which has been established within the area and something which I hope we can continue to build upon. Um, also, in terms of extensions and outreach, we had our sisters, Crystal, who went off to Peru and is back with us, and she was just a blessing out there. I don't know if you guys saw the emails and, you know, um, and the challenges she was faced with and how she just saw the Lord work within her life. So, Crystal, and it's great to have you back, Crystal. Amen. 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 Am I with the right crowd? Is it great to have you back? <laughs> Amen. I'm happy to see you, honey. Me too, sis. Yeah. <laughs> and Satara. Mm. Satare. Hey. You know, she went out to Ghana and, again, had a fantastic time over there. And, um, and um, you know, just people just extending themselves, making themselves available, saying, here I am, Lord, send me. You know, 
Lord, what can I give as opposed to what can I receive all the time? And so, you know, it's just wonderful just to see that they gave of themselves and they're back with us now, all tanned up, a bit jealous. But, um, but yeah, looking good and all that. But yeah, fantastic. Um, during the summer, unfortunately, there was no God Corner. And um, that's the first time in a decade. Over a decade. You know, and uh, some of us can go back to when God Corner was just one little speaker box, one little amp, pouring with rain and, yeah, and uh, no help, just, yeah, so God Corner had come a long way, has come a long way, and although there was no God Corner, you know, it was an opportunity to spy out the land in Notting Hill, because there were some opportunities to get involved in other places, but it didn't quite actually work out. Um, and Ephraim's going to, Pastor Ephraim's going to, you're going to say it now? Yeah, I think that it was quite um, notable that there was no God Corner. For those who don't know, it's an outreach to Notting Hill Carnival that we've been doing for many years. And um, although there was no God Corner this year gone, um, there was truly a sense of a kind of resurrection. It was almost like, okay, Lazarus had to be laid to rest, but, you know, Jesus was going to call him forth. And so being able to go down there and spy out the land, new location, new opportunities, a much, much, much bigger um, mission field in terms of being in the heart of the carnival, but also being in a really safe space right next to all of the emergency services. The, um, the <laughs> Listen, the potential... We are the, emergen- we are the emergency we are, service. We are, you know that, bro. <laughs> you, know that, you know that. So the potential is, is absolutely amazing. And so we'll, we're looking forward to see what the Lord will do this year. Definitely. Amen. Amen. So along with the uh, Notting Hill Carnival, we had the HMSS crew who went up to Birmingham to do mm. the Birmingham Carnival with Sherwin Gardner and... Um, I didn't get much feedback about that, so but I'm sure they had a great time. Oh, Birmingham Carnival, yeah. Um, that was an experience. Um, it's a very different situation to Notting Hill. They're all in a park, loads of sound systems all in one park, and everybody kind of just gathers in the park. And generally speaking, the, at the, after the carnival, um, the sound systems, they kind of do their review of the carnival, and the two sounds that they mentioned were the biggest sound, one of the biggest sounds in the country, and HMSS, which was one of the smaller sounds in size, but not in stature. Uh So the Lord really used us, and there was some drama up there, and you know, the Lord was, the Lord, the word of the Lord was able to speak into that situation hard, and so it was actually a very, very blessed endeavor, and it was their first time doing carnival like that in that way at, in Birmingham. So it was Amen. great to support that. Definitely. Amen. Good. <laughs> Amen. We ain't got time, bro. We ain't got time. We'll have to break this So, you know, mention these things just to highlight that, you know, some of you may be thinking, well, what, what actually happened during 2009? I mean, you know, we start listing these things, you see that quite a lot was achieved and quite a lot was done. Um, we have... UM Radio Sky 0156 with Ooh. Farida, yeah. who I understand Remedy is called Remedy 316. 316. Whoa. Is she in the house? Where's Farida going? She was a She's teaching. Remedy 316. Yo. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Did anybody else know that? Uh-huh. Whoa, you where have I been? Get to know. Oh my goodness. Farida Remedy yeah. 316. I love that. 
And, um, you know, she, she's just been doing a fantastic job with um, UM Radio, just holding it down. And she had interviews with Sammy Tanago. Who remembers Sammy when he came here? You know, Sammy Tanago, Hazakim, um, Ken Ham, and, uh, and she also sort of like done um, interviews with a host of musical artists as well. So, you know, that's, that's something if you can support. Um, I'm sure she welcomes the support and the encouragement. Um, so, yeah. And then we had, um, I'm sure, U UMSC making moves, which the guys, I'm not sure within their section, they're going to be mm -hmm. highlighting a lot more things regarding that. Um, some of you are aware that as a part of Urban Mission, which is really an umbrella organization, we have UMSC, which is Urban Mission Schools and Communities. And for a number of years now, we've been going into schools, doing workshops, lessons, um, particularly one school, St. Matthew Academy, where we've been working for probably about five, six years now. Well, the ongoing work led to us having the opportunity to do a project with Bebo, and also in conjunction with the Home Office. Um, we did a, a project that they wanted to call Tracks, and we said, hmm, Tracks. And they said, yes, you know, kind of changing Tracks. And we were like, well, yeah, the kids ain't really gonna, they're not gonna be feeling that. They're gonna, it's gonna take a minute to communicate that. So let's use a name that they're gonna be familiar with. We said, hey, change it to Making Moves. And, um, and the youths immediately could connect with that. And basically, we had the opportunity to take a group of two sets of kids, one set from St. Matthew Academy, another group from um, Prendergast Ladywell Fields, which is old school Crofton Park. And um, we basically took 40 kids, worked with those kids over a course of three days in terms of workshops with some other guys who are actually here just a part of UMSC. And um, it all culminated in a big event at the Ministry of Sound in Elephant and Castle. And it was just off the rooftops, really. Basically, communicating to the kids a message that would encourage them to make moves in the right direction. And um, so it's really obviously a community effort. I'm um, working in professional capacity. It's not that we can kind of share the gospel directly, but we can't but help share the gospel for our lifestyles. And so it's, it's, it's a project that was a pilot and we're waiting for <laughs> um, May because there's an election in May, and depending on whether or not which government's in power will determine whether they want to roll it out. Um, the opportunity initially was to do it in London, Birmingham, and Manchester, which is places we had connections with by the grace of God. Um, but um, they pulled it because of the price of the, the package. So, again, it was, it was a great success from our point of view, from the government's point of view, from Bebo's point of view, and from the kids' point of view. And we're just hoping that potentially we'll be able to do something bigger and better this year. I was going to say next year. It's already 2010, right? Um, this year. Um, so please just keep Urban Mission, Urban Mission Schools and Community in prayer. Amen. Amen. Okay. So along with that, June 2009, we... We had a number of visitors who came and, and, and shared from the pulpit, and that was Jay Schroeder, Rob Hughes, and Osmond Collins. Um, <laughs> and Osmond Collins, yeah, he blessed us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I got Mark just looking at me like, <laughs> sorry, Mark. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was a fantastic time just to have, you know, other members of the body ministering to the body. 
You know, um, we're not a closed book like that. We, we, we welcome other ministries to, you know, to input into us here mm. at Calvary Chapel, South London. Yeah. So um, we had those visiting speakers. Um, and we had Pastor Ephraim finish the series on spirituality. And we moved into the book of Acts with Pastor Robert, who um, I, I jest, but Robert says, no, it's not going to be no long thing. It's going to be a quick tip. <laughs> I think we're about a, a year now. It's been a year. It's been a year. So we're still in the book of Acts. Amen. Uh, and enjoying it. Uh, we had the women's retreat in March. And I'm, I'm, are the women going to be doing another retreat this year? October. Yeah? Okay. So there's more women's retreats um, in the pipe work. Uh, we had Cheats to Word conference. Um, we had the dinner and dance, and I'm sure a lot of people enjoyed the dinner and dance, raising those funds for the Jamaica outreach. Um, we had quite a number of families, Bertram and Missy be able to tell me exactly how many, who went to Austria on the family retreat. And Missy, Bertram in here? How many families? How many people? About four families? About 20 people? Amen. And so, and I'm sure that Austria... Um, the slot will be available to us again this year. So um, it's something to consider if you are thinking about a family holiday this year. Um, Austria is, is a good destination, a good time of, of reflection and that. Um, and I suppose the last thing in terms of that we had this year was the fancy dress New Year's party. Now, I had a good time. I don't know about anybody else, but... I had a good time. It was joke business. I don't, you know, anybody else, can I get a witness on that Amen, one? Amen, bruv. Amen. Can I get It, it was I hilarious. But, um, you know, this Facebook's come back to haunt me again. Oh, still. for real? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at least grateful that I get tagged in the pictures, so I know, like, how am I, I'm getting exposed out there. And that, but <laughs> serious, it was, it was I, jokes. I was speaking to um, Colin McLean um, in California on Skype yesterday, last night, and he said, oh yeah, I saw everything what went on at your New Year's, and I was like, how did you see that? He said he even saw video footage. I was like, dude, how did you see that? He saw, he saw Zach doing the Michael Jackson video. If Zach was in there, I'd get him to do it right now, but, but uh, I was like, man, how did that happen? But I'm sure if you were there, you, you know, I had a really, really good time. I'm sure, I'm sure most people had a really, really good time. And a lot of people speaking to them after the event said, oh, I didn't have anything to wear. And it wasn't even really about that. A lot of people did make the effort and came in fancy dress. But, you know, you didn't have to. It was really, it was really about being with family, enjoying that time with family, um, entering the new year, you know, you know in a joyous way. In a joyous way, you know, I've, you know, we've all, we've all sort of like had those, those New Year times when you've been at home and it's quiet and it's lovely. It's lovely to have those quiet times, but I can only speak for myself. I know that when we get together as a family, you know, it's just so much more special to enter into the New Year that way, and it just kind of like sets you up for the year. It sets you up on a high in a sense. And, you know, it's, it's not just carnal, it's spiritual in the sense that, we you know, we commit it to the Lord. It's all about the Lord. And, you know, you're around people who you love. And, um, yeah, it really just blessed me. The first year it blessed me, this year or last year, it really, really blessed me. And, um, you know, it's something I think that um, I would like to continue personally. But, um, but that's, just, that's just my point of view. Amen. So, the... F-
<laughs> Party animal? No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, and I reckon I should have won the fancy dress prize anyway. Anybody, can I get a witness? I don't think I'm with the right crowd here today, you know. All right, then. It's all good. I love you anyway. I'm going to pray for you. On a Tuesday night, corporate prayer, I pray for them, Lord. All right. Um, and talking about prayer, now, something I highlighted last year and highlight, and we spoke about the year before, and I'm going to ask you to actually do something. Um, this is participation. Prayer partners. Now, something we tried to introduce about two years ago, I'm sure of it, and we try to encourage people to have a prayer partner, someone they would consistently, regularly be in touch with and would pray for, pray with um, weekly. And, you know, we saw great change in people's lives as they were um, doing those things, as those were. Now, show of hands, I'm going to put you on the spot. Does anybody, those who have a prayer partner, raise your hands. You can put your hand down now. Okay, so those of you who don't have a prayer partner, please. What about those who have had? Those who have had a prayer partner, please raise your hands. And somewhere along the line, it kind of like just... Okay. I like your one. Your one. Yeah. I like that. Um, so those who have not got a prayer partner, please, please participate. Now, I know there's some people just, I don't care what you say, I'm not putting my hand up. I know you're out there because it didn't seem to be balanced there. But anyway, look, I am encouraging thee to have a prayer partner, please. Okay? Um, you know, there's so many people who, you know, who become Christians and then it's quite easy to, to become isolated. It's quite easy to become isolated and to be gained through difficult times and feel like you have no one to talk to, no one to relate to, no one to sort of like share whatever you're going through with. And the Lord has not called us to be like that. True. You know, and so I, I can only encourage thee. I cannot force thee. Mm -hmm. I can only encourage thee to... to Pray about someone who you can connect with and, and build a relationship with in prayer, you know, and, um, and, and it's a beautiful thing. You know, and I'm not saying that it's a prayer thing where you need to, tell, you need to throw out your laundry and everything. You know, it's, it's relationship building, you know. It's, it's building relationship. It's, being to make, it's, it's making yourself vulnerable as well, in a sense. And, and none of us really like to make ourselves vulnerable, you know, we like to give this impression that we've got all, everything locked down, you know, we've got it together, don't need no help, you know. Am I going off on one? We're watching the clock, bro. All right, cool. Do you get my point? All right, so on a weekly basis, Pastor P will be continuing to encourage thee to have prayer partners, okay? Amen? Now, this is a time where you can say, Amen. 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 So I get a witness there. All right. Okay. And the last couple of things I would like to mention is that um, we scared a lot of you 
<laughs> with, uh, with introducing <laughs> membership and, um, and the first two phases of membership as well by issuing membership packs and then we, have, we had that um, teaching which Pastor Robert gave us with the vision and values and we had the meeting after service as well and I know a lot of, a lot of you, a few of you are still in the valley of, of decision of whether you know, membership is something you, you, um, you are thinking about getting down with. So, um, 2009, they're, they're things which we try to roll out and try to establish, and um, we see how the Lord was just active in a lot of those things and, and, and faithful to his word as well. Um, I'm going to hand you over now to Pastor Ephraim. Amen? Amen. So, that's where we've been at, and that is a testimony to the work that the Lord has done among us. We're grateful for his goodness. A number of the things that we set out at the beginning of the year, we have seen fulfilled, and we're very grateful to God for that. Um, a number of things we're yet to see fulfilled, but recognize that God's will and God's timing is two different things. Many other plans in a man's mind, but it's the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. And so we recognize that, um, you know, Exodus 23, God said to the children of Israel, you know what, I'm going to lead you into the land and I'm going to drive out the enemies and I'm going to bless you, but I'm not going to do it in, a, in one year. I'm going to just do it bit by bit so that you're not overwhelmed with the responsibility of the land, basically to paraphrase. And so we see how God's been working um, with us like that as a church. And we're grateful because it's evidence of his leading. Um, Romans says, all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. And so we thank God for that. So where is the Lord leading? Hmm? Well, before we even consider that, where are we at? Where are we at? Um, Pastor P mentioned that towards the end of last year, we began the, began the process of um, introducing membership um, to our church life. And that really came out of a time of prayer where we went away early last year to seek God on a number of things. And that was a very clear um, uh, word that we received from the Lord that we needed to do that. And um, so he's been faithful in helping us. And um, with regards to that, there are a few things that we ought to consider. And I'd ask you to grab your Bibles, if you will. You may have felt that you had a week off from having to open the scriptures, but that's not how we do. <laughs> so if you turn your Bible to Numbers, um, just turn it to the beginning there and... I'll ask you to hold your finger there once you've found numbers and then turn to Luke chapter 9. And whilst you're turning there, I'd like you to consider this. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 40 says, Let all things be done decently and in order. All things decently and in order. And we have heard it said often, God is a God of order. Let all things be done decently and in order. And it's true, God is a God of order. When we look at the wonder of creation, we see such precise and intricate order. Not only does it work well, but it inspires us at the, the goodness and the majesty, the greatness of God that he can take a human eye 
attack it with 40 million nerve endings. I mean, 12, I heard they got a phone with a 12 megapixel camera. Like 12 million against 40. Come on, guys. Like the work of God is awesome. And it's intricate in detail and it's entirely ordered. And we see the way that the Lord deals with us as his people is likewise. The same way that the human body is just a, a magnificent, magnificent display of order and um, great complexity. We are a spiritual body. First Corinthians 12 clearly breaks that down. And in the same way that the Lord has set order within our natural bodies, he sets order within his spiritual body. And you can go back to the spirituality series and listen to First Corinthians 12 for more detail on that. And so there are a few considerations regarding that um, that I'd like us to give our attention to. We see this worked out in the life and ministry of Jesus. And I'm going to give one snapshot for the sake of time. There are many. In Luke 9, if you're there with me, um, look from verse 12. Let's consider a, a familiar situation and see how the Lord dealt with it. Verse 12, Luke 9. When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions. For we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. I.e., you minister to their needs. And they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men, that's not counting women and children. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. Now, we see order in that Jesus had called 12 specifically to disciple, to, as apprentices, to, to learn the ministry that they would be equipped and empowered to do God's will. And they come up against a situation which requires, it demands a response. And they recognized they didn't have the capacity to respond to this situation. As ought to be the case for all in ministry, we recognize as pastors that we don't have the capacity to respond to the needs of the church. Only Jesus does. And that's why we go to great lengths to ensure that we only aim to point people to Jesus. Yet still we see that Jesus responded to this situation in an orderly and organized fashion. As much as he challenged them to meet the needs. When it came down to it. He was able to take the little that they had. But minister it. In an orderly and organized fashion. So. We're familiar with this story. Maybe we haven't considered the way in which the Lord went about this. What did he do? First of all he made them sit down. He made them sit down 
And furthermore, he made them sit down in groups of 50. Manageable, sizable chunks. Now, I haven't done the maths, but um, what's 5,000 divided by 50? Anyone good like that? How much? 100, right? What's 100 divided by 12? Now you thought, oh, that was an easy question. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going somewhere. <laughs> How much? About 8.3. Yeah. So if you had 12 disciples going out, what they would have seen is groups of 50, and they would have been able to recognize manageable portions that they would have to attend to. You imagine 5,000 plus people sitting in front of you and you've got to go and feed them all and there's 12 of you. That's going to be like, oh man, this is a mission. But they were able to look out and see manageable groups for them to give, them, give their attention to. Even groups that they would be able to define. All right, you do eight. When you've done eight, then just check if there's anyone else and we'll do eight and everybody should get covered. Broke them up, sat them down, broke them into groups of 50. The other thing that we notice is that having fed them, they were thorough in the performance of the ministry in that they went back afterwards and collected up the leftovers. Most of us would have been just so overwhelmed with the fact that everyone got fed. We would just be giddy, happy. Whoa, look what the Lord's done. Uh, but not Jesus. Work ain't done yet. If we're going to do this, let's do this thorough. And they went and collected up the leftovers in 12 baskets. And so we see order and organization. Let's flip to numbers now. Numbers chapter 2. Let's see this in the Old Testament. The people of God. They've walked with Moses. They've come out of Egypt. God's done great things among them. God's already began to establish order in their lives. He gave them the law. And yet we see God ordering things further, adding another layer of order, and it continues throughout the scriptures. Okay, um, Numbers chapter 2, and I want to track through a, a few verses just to kind of paint a picture. So let's um, look first of all, verses 1 to 4. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Every one of the children of Israel shall camp by his own standard. Beside the emblems of his father's house, they shall camp some distance from the tabernacle of meeting. On the east side, toward the rising of the sun, those of the standard of the forces with Judah shall camp according to their armies. And Nashon, the son of Aminadab, shall be the leader of the children of Judah. And his army numbered at 74,600. Then look at verse 9. All who were numbered according to their armies of the forces with Judah, 186,400, 
These shall break camp first. So when it's time to move, these guys are going to be the first on their feet. Verse 10, he talks about the south side. It's going to be the forces with Reuben. Verse 16, all who were numbered according to their armies of the forces with Reuben were 151,450. They shall be the second to break camp. And so then we see a pattern unfolding here. Verse 17, we see the Levites. Now, this was a unique group because these were the priests. These were the ones who were exclusively set apart to do the the work of the ministry in terms of ministering unto the Lord on behalf of the people. And they were at the center of the camp with the tabernacle of meeting. And it says that at the tabernacle of meeting shall move out with the camp of the Levites in the middle of the camps. As they camp, so shall they move out everyone in his place by their standards. So they're at the center. <clears throat> they all move together in their time. Verse 18, on the west side, west side. Uh, and it had to be my name as well, Ephraim. Okay, so west side was Ephraim. Verse 24, all who were numbered according to their armies of the forces with Ephraim were 180,000, one, yeah, 108,000, sorry, 100. They shall be the third to break camp. Verse 25. Dan and his forces on the north side. Verse 31. 157,600. They shall break camp last with their standards. So we see a pattern unfold here. Why such detail? Why so intricate? I mean, it was a big group of people, right? Verse 32. These are the ones who were numbered of the children of Israel by their father's houses. All who were numbered according to their armies of the forces were 603,550. But the Levites were not numbered among the children of Israel, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Thus, the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they camped by their standards, and so they broke camp, each one by his family, according to their father's houses. So we get a picture of an, 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 a, a people who are organically connected. And for us as South London, we've been organically connected. We're the body of Christ. We're not merely an organization. We're a, we're a living organism. We are a spiritual entity. And so we're connected organically. And our fellowship has been real organic. Yet we just kind of come together, real informal, you know, and we just do what we can and so on and so forth. But we see, as with the children of Israel, as growth is expected and experienced, the organic must become organized. And we see this in the life of a child as a baby grows you see the 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 frame which is not fully formed and not fully strong and so on kind of bumbling around on knees and hands and then they learn to walk and they get a bit of stability but they still use nappies and they still dribble and they're not fully functional I mean, at 20 years old, as you, you, I know this is one of Pastor Rob's favorite illustrations. You don't expect to see 20-year-old in nappies. Unless, obviously, there's something wrong with them. 
But you see that, if that's the case, you think, okay, that's a dysfunctional situation. And so, as we grow and as we expect growth, we recognize that we need to become more fully formed. Turn to chapter 4 of Numbers, if you will. at verse 46. It says, all who were numbered of the Levites, whom Moses, Aaron, and the leaders of Israel numbered by their families and by their father's houses, from 30 years old and above, even to 50 years old, everyone who came, listen, to do the work of service and the work of bearing burdens in the tabernacle of meeting. Those who were numbered were 8,580. According to the commandment of the Lord, they were numbered by the hands of Moses, each according to his service and according to his task. Thus were they numbered by him as the Lord commanded Moses. You see, the structure was employed in the life of Israel because it was necessary. It was necessary that they would be structured for strength. It was necessary that they be formed to function. That they would be positioned for a purpose. And there's this kind of um, misconception within the church very often that, you know, well, my relationship with the Lord is personal and it's between me and God. And so, you know, all I need to do is kind of come and get what I need and then I'll just, you know, sort myself out with the Lord and it's all good. That ain't Bible. That's not Bible. That is a misconception. So you need to erase that if that's your view and recognize that, you know what? We are saved as an individual who is part of the whole to function and live as part of the whole. We are saved to serve. Now, no one's dictating how that service, you notice here, that they had their own particular areas of service and their own tasks that they had to give themselves to. But everyone was expected to serve in some capacity or another. And in order for that to happen, it was necessary that there was order. There had to be order. Now, one of the beautiful things is this. In the order that God defined and described, we see a beautiful picture presented. I wonder if I can get that next one. You see, the way that the tribes were set out, it's recognized that if you were to take an aerial view, the way that they were positioned and stationed according to God's direction you would have seen a, a picture unfold before you. And even in the Old Testament, at least a thousand years before the cross was even invented, let alone Christ going to the cross, we see a picture of the cross being portrayed in the order and organization of God's people. So what you see here, barely, is a, a diagram of how the tribes would have looked. 
Ephraim at the top. West, that would be in this picture. Judah, which is the biggest tribe at the bottom. Dan, Reuben, Levi in the middle. And due to the scales and proportions, that's how their encampments would have looked. Now, that is the wisdom of God's detail. The magnificence of God's order. And in 1 Corinthians 12, that's one of the things that Paul tries to communicate. That when we as the New Testament people of God come together, finding our place, fitting in, in an orderly fashion, we metaphorically give a beautiful picture of the cross of Christ in our lives. And so that's where we're at. And that's why we've had the focus on covenant community. And we're intentionally making a shift. We mentioned this at the end of the members meeting um, before. And the more we've kind of meditated on it, um, the, the more encouraged we are to, to, to take this line in terms of recognizing that, you know what, this is more than membership. This isn't like signing up to you know, become a member of the Tesco club card group, you know what I mean? And you can get your club card points or get your air miles or, you know. This is, this is so much more than that because our relationship, we're covenanted one to another. And now a covenant is a form of contract but a much stronger, a more powerful, a more meaningful form of contract. Contracts are two-sided. A covenant really, our covenant with God is one-sided because he done it all. And so we are covenanted one to another as being new covenant people. And we're a covenant community. And what we see in the life of Israel is families that became tribes that became a nation. And this is what we see in the life of the church. Families that become a wider family, a community that as we look out beyond our own church context, we see other churches within our family and we are a holy nation. Yes, indeed, a peculiar people. And so we've given this attention to covenant community because we recognize it's a necessary and biblical, biblical response to God's expectation of us and his work among us. And um, for many, it's a formality because you're already covenanted and you already displayed it. And yet, for others, it's a new concept and a new experience. But ultimately, for all, it's going to be an immense blessing and we're extremely excited. So... Covenant community. We've done the intro. Um, we've done the first two phases. The next phases you can expect will be um, foundation classes, um, a foundation series. We'll be looking at foundational principles of the faith um, as highlighted in Hebrews 6 verses 1 and 2. So if you, you can read that at your leisure and kind of get a heads up. Um, we're going to have... There are six core elements to that, and we're adding two to make eight. And so they will be basically a, a, a fundamental with regards to the Bible. I mean, we are people of the book. And so um, why are we people of the book? What makes the Bible so special? 
For many of us, we couldn't answer that if we were challenged in the street. And yet we believe it. And so um, we're going to take a consideration as to why the Bible is authoritative, why we believe it, why it's so special. And then look at repentance, which deals with the issue of sin. Um, We'll look at faith towards God, which will give us a focus on Christ. We'll look at baptisms, initiation into the church, laying on of hands, which is releasing for service. We'll look at resurrections and eternal judgment. And so these are the core um, parts of the series. And then the final part in the series will be a kind of look at South London and our DNA. Um, You know, how has God uniquely fitted us as part of his big picture? So that will be the foundation classes, and then we'll start the administrative process. So they're the stages. A couple of people have mentioned how, you know, we've seemed really quite tentative um, and even hesitant about the way we've been going about introducing covenant community. And um, we have to an extent, only because we know that when you take people on a journey, you have to start where they're at. And it's about journeying together. And we are exhorted and we are warned in First Peter as elders not to lord it over the people. And so we want to give people every opportunity to be at peace with, with what God is doing among us. And so we're just taking our time step by step. Having said that, we will be starting the foundation series um, forthwith. Um, our intention is to share it as a series of services. So rather than have a separate class, a separate session, we're just going to teach it from the front to make it as easily accessible for everyone as possible. And so in doing that, even if you're in two minds, even if you're like, yeah, I'm I'm glad to be here, I don't really want to be a member, you're still going to benefit from the teaching because it's God's word. And so um, we'll be doing that forthwith. Um, For those of you who were here last week and heard, was it last week? Oh, was it last week? Oh, week is a long time in football. Um, Pastor Duncan was with us last week and he taught on the um, Father Heart of God. And he mentioned that it's part of a series. Has anyone been online and downloaded the, um, the podcast of the series and listened to it? That's what we thought. And so we've, we've, we've um, kind of asked him if he may be willing to come back and actually finish the series. Would you guys like that? Yeah. Amen. I think the Lord really ministered to us in a peculiar way. And, um, and the series only gets better. When he went back and he said, oh, I shared on the Father Heart of God, and he was talking to his people, and he said, oh, I've done part one. They said, you done part one? Are you crazy? Like, that wasn't the sweetest part. So um, we're praying that he may be available and we'll be able to work it out and um, continue with that. And then having completed that, um, be able to move into the foundation series. Okay, Um, one of the things that I wanted to highlight, um, just before we consider the implications of membership, and this is a real testimony to how God is working among us. One of the things that we recently became aware of was the fact that in terms of um, introducing covenant community and establishing an identified membership, there is actually a a requirement expected of us by the the Charities Commission. We're a registered charity, and one of the... um, principles is that you have a defined membership now 
Um, we've been a registered charity for a minute and we've kind of gone along so far okay without being more defined. But when you kind of look at their actual principle, it is something that what the Lord is leading us to do actually satisfies to the letter, to the T. And like I say, it wasn't something that we kind of were motivated by when we began to consider introducing Covenant Community and, and identifying a membership. It wasn't because the Charity Commission expected of us as if they are our Lord and our God. No. And yet we see how the wisdom of God is being justified by its fruit as we're able to fulfill their requirements in a more specific sense. So, real quickly to finish my section in terms of where we're at, there are a few implications with regards to introducing covenant community. Um, one of the things we appreciate is that the process is going to need administration. Um, we are not the greatest of administrators, neither is that our calling. And so, our desire is to, um, at least in a part-time capacity, um, at the earliest available opportunity appoint a an administrator to assist and um we're so grateful for the assistance that we do receive and have received um on an ongoing basis um there are a few people and uh, i mean i think people are used to getting harry's harriet's emails and so on um, we get some support but we're going to kind of formalize that in a way that is going to mean that needs are met also in response to that um we are going to be appointing elders and deacons, deacons as we see in scripture. And again, um, just strengthening our structure um, and allowing ministry to the body to, to flow um, in a more defined fashion. We do thank God for those guys who already function in those roles. And we recognize that it is completely biblical that you actually, when appointing somebody to a position, are supposed to be able to see that in them already. You're supposed to be able to see that, you know, the people that we have in mind for elders, they're already functioning as elders. So it ain't going to be no surprise. People who function as deacons, they're already functioning. You see it in them, it, that gifting that God has given them. And so appointments are only supposed to be a recognition of what already exists. And um, we're going to further define ministry teams. Um, you know, even as we consider it, there are a number of ministry teams that already um, contribute to making South London happen. But we're not just looking at marking time, treading water. God's got a purpose for us as South London. And it's, the potential's nuts. It's ridiculous. And what we've seen God do with us thus far is just the tip of the iceberg. And we're excited about that. And so these are some of the immediate implications that we'll be looking at. Amen? Amen. Praise God. What's going on, everyone? My name's Robert. For those of you that don't know, um, I'm a part of the Three Musketeers. And I thank God it's a real privilege just to serve you in this sense. Um, I'm going to just really try and bring up the rear and talk a little bit about the future. Community development, as you've heard, is our focus. 
and really just to share a few things about what we would like to see begin to take place at least over the course of the next year. So the first thing is, I think it was two people I heard speak to me last Tuesday night, not this Tuesday, Tuesday before at, at prayer meeting with regard to Bible studies and saying how they would really love to see midweek Bible studies start up again. I say again because we used to run them quite a while ago, but you know what? The Friday Bible study was really poorly attended, so we thought, you know, what's the point? Shut it down, but then everyone said, oh, what's happened to the Friday study? But we're hoping to revive that, but in many different ways, hopefully. So <clears throat> we're trying to come up with uh, not a clever name for our midweek meetings, but something that definitively explains what we're about when we get together in that sense. So there's probably going to be a combination of loads of different types of midweek Bible studies. Some of them might be straight up Bible teaching, going for a book. Some of them might be more topical. Some of them may be what we've termed application stations, where you hear some stuff on a Sunday morning, but it's not all unpacked. So midweek you get together with your community group and begin to look at that um, in more detailed fashion. I think another one of the things that we'd love to do is to have a midweek reading evening where we just read through the Bible no teaching just read it you know what I mean and so again we haven't come up with any names as such but it's going to be an opportunity for you in your particular locality to be able to link up with other Christians like Pastor E said earlier and have real fellowship meaningful fellowship and also have someone who we're hoping will take responsibility it will be like we're a big community right but we need to be smaller communities that make up the bigger community. And in that sense, people are going to really be, get taken care of. So keep that in prayer. And if anyone comes up with any good names for those community groups, let us know. The second thing is a praise night. I'm going to just draw for Pastor E real quick. Um, so he can just really kind of detail the praise night and what that means. Um, now, for those of you who were around a year ago, you will remember that we mentioned, you know, I can't remember what quarter we said it was going to be. We're going to have a praise night. And um, the Lord's timing is perfect because praise night wouldn't have been the same hmm. without Will and, and Brother GP oh on the keys. Goodness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, we're bang on that. And um, I know the team's excited and I'm excited. We're excited. And so um, we are proposing Easter to have a praise night, which is we'll talk more about at another time. But yeah. Amen to that. We need to have a few seminars this year, kind of addressing specific issues, specific topics to specific groups of people. We've got a bag of people, just recently got married, getting married, and um, even for those of us who've been married a minute, there ain't, there ain't no couple that's come to the point where they know it all. And if they do, they're not applying it. So we want to hopefully have an opportunity this year at some, some point to have a seminar on marriage where we can begin to tackle some of those issues in an open forum and hopefully get to the bottom of marriage with regard to that which the Bible has to say. Amen? Amen. Marriage seminar. I see Sammy nodding to that one. Amen, bro. Yeah. You want to do this thing right. Um, also, we want to have a single seminar. How many of you were here for the... Can't leave out the singles, right? How many of us... How many of you were here for the last single seminar that we did? Wow. So few. Hmm. Okay, right, well, I'm not going to say much about the single seminar, apart from 
we're going to tackle the issues head on. And if you were here at the last one, you know what I mean, or you know what we mean, and um, we're not going to duck or run for cover. We're going to deal with the issues with regard to singleness straight, straight up and down. So, single seminar. Uh, also, we want to have a, a men's retreat. How many of you know we flopped? We missed it this year, last year, I mean. Yeah, the last one was heavy, innit? it? And the man them need to get away still. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. man them are easily distracted. We need to get away and we need time. It takes us a day just to settle down and figure out, where are we again? Yeah. Without, especially without the women, right? Oh my goodness. Man said speak for myself. Um, in a general sense, that's true. And I know there ain't no one going to argue with me. Men's retreat coming up. Pray about a guest speaker. Um, also, um, the women's retreat has already been mentioned. I ain't even going to say nothing about that because they're already organized, planned and everything. Help us, Lord. They probably had about 10 retreats to our one, Something right? Something like that. <laughs> Swiftly moving on. Another thing with regard to community development um, is... Oh, and by the way, all of the other dates are to be confirmed, so we'll get back to you on those dates. Um, with regard to community development, outreach. We're trying to develop ourselves as a community, but we need to develop in terms of getting other individuals and helping them to become a part of our community, amen? amen. Outreach is vital and it's important. So a few things with regard to outreach, as you already know, has been, been mentioned. Um, Jamaica has been a mission that us as a church have undertaken on a long-term basis. Um, as Pastor P mentioned, a group of us went out in August and we're aiming to do the same this year, but there are no hard and fast plans. But I can tell you from now that it's not going to be as large a group as it was last time. Because practically and logistically, it was very, very, very demanding. And um, it, is, it, it would be suicide to do that again. So we're prayerfully considering how we're going to do what we do come August. And it will probably potentially be a two-week trip as opposed to a four-week, three to four-week trip. But again, it's um, something that we're going to pray about. And it will really kind of depend on a short-term trip that myself and... <laughs> I need to say Pastor Mark for a minute, but... Myself and Mark... <laughs> my son, man's looking at me. <laughs> bruv, don't fight it, bruv. <laughs> myself and Mark are going to be going out to Jamaica in February, this February. Um, Mike's not able to come with us. Obviously, he's just had a new baby, and he's, got, he's trying to hold it down with his commitments at home, which is commendable. So myself and Mark are going to be going in February, which is only about six weeks' time, um, the 9th through to the 23rd for two weeks. And the main aim of this trip is not social, which is really kind of like the large focus of the last trip that we did. This trip really, our aim is to meet with this group of pastors that we met with on the last day that we were in Jamaica, which is in August. And there's a lady called Sandy. She's right in the middle at the back there. She's from Calvary Chapel, Norristown on the east coast of America. She has been going to Jamaica for years before we even began to pray about it. And when she heard that there was a Calvary guy in Jamaica, cut a long story short, she linked up with us in Jamaica and she's got links that we don't have. Last day she invited us around, we went there, all of a sudden to find all these pastors sitting down kind of looking at us 
and then end up saying, okay, we heard that you're coming to Jamaica. What's the vision? And so we had an opportunity to kind of share it with them, at least the vision up until that point. And our aim is to go back in February and spend some time with these pastors. You heard us talk about our vision with regard to the book of Nehemiah and going back to Jamaica and rebuilding the gates that are burned with fire and the walls that are broken down. And if you know anything about Nehemiah, Pastor P talked about it last year. He never went trying to say, well, you know what, I'm going to kind of fix up things. I'm going to be the answer to all of the problems when he went back to Jerusalem. He said, no. He said, a lot of you are here doing the work. I just want to help to encourage you and support that work. So that's our aim. Our aim is to go out and support them. Um, you notice two of them are female pastors. Marky brought up the issue of male leadership. And they didn't resist the argument. Obviously, they couldn't because it's biblical. They were open to it, but they're pastoring because the men won't step up. And that happens very often. It's not, it's not just a Jamaican thing. That same thing happens right here. And um, so we're going to take some time just to talk to them about biblical leadership, expositional teaching, and a few other different things in order to help build up, taking materials for them, Bibles, books, software, hopefully maybe even some laptops if we can raise the funds. But that's going to be the aim of the, the, perp, the trip in February. So please pray for us as we prepare for that. Amen. Um, continuing the, in, the, in the issue on the issue of um, outreach. Has anybody heard of Passion for Life? Seen or heard anything about this? Passion for Life is a combined effort of local churches nationally reaching out to their local communities and it's all about a vision for mission and passion for life is something that we want to get involved in not because I suspect we choose to but because we have to myself Mark and Neil as you know are at Cornhill um, at a Bible school in London Bridge Pastor E, pray for him. He's starting Oak Hill up in North London at the end of the month. But we've been obligated to get involved in this initiative, which runs across the country nationwide. They said, you either do it in someone else's church or you do it in your church. So, hey, it, 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 was, it wasn't a hard choice. So we are, as a church, going to be involved in this initiative, A Passion for Life. And what I'd like to do is I'd just like to take a minute just to show you a quick video. Um, that's, no, ain't going to work. All right, you can go to www.apassionforlife.org.uk and you can have a look at the video. So I'm going to just jump straight past it. You're not going to get a chance to see it. No, it ain't begun. It's ended before it begun. Um, so, A Passion for Life, and it's three things. It's connecting with churches. You know, we've got local churches just in this area, and we don't really do well in terms of connecting. So, that's one of the things we're going to do. There's a church not far from here on Rosendale Road called Beacon Church, and I believe they're a plant from St. Helens in Bishopsgate. And we're going to do all that we can to begin to link up with the churches that are local to us, because we're, we're one big family, really. And um, we're going to see if we can help support them and if they'll help support us. Connecting with churches. The second thing we want to do is um, connect with people. And this is vital because, one, we're going to obviously be connecting with one another. But we need to connect with those who are in our local um, environment. We've got a lot of 
middle class families that live just outside. We drive past them every Sunday when we come to church and when we leave. We got on, a, on the other side, um, on the Dockino Hill, we got the, um, below the adventure playground, we got a massive housing estate there, which is what I, I actually grew up on that estate. And then you got Champion Hill. And we need to connect with the people in these environments. You know what I'm saying? And we, 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 we're going to aim to, between now and Easter, we're going to pray about how we can do that. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. So it's connecting with people. And it's also connecting with Easter because it culminates on that Easter week, that Easter week, which is Good Friday is the 2nd of April this year. It's always different. And so that week running up to Good Friday is when we're going to be rolling out whatever it is we determine that we're going to do and celebrate the death and also the resurrection of Christ in, a, in, a, in an outreach effort to our local community. So that's passion for life. Um, I'm going to have some details probably in the next week or two. Please pray about us having opportunity to get together when we have our missions prayer, which is every third Sunday, um, which will be starting up again next week. So we can pray about that. And then hopefully in about three weeks' time, we're going to invite anybody who has a heart for outreach and missions to join what we've kind of termed a think tank so that we can get together and we can talk about how can we reach out, whether it's we have a film night here, showing some kind of film, or like The Matrix, you know what I'm saying? And we can talk about what it means to be born again. We can um, encourage everybody to say, you know what, this week, take someone in your family out to a restaurant for a meal and share the gospel with them. We might want to talk about HMSS doing something in the community. We might want to talk about um, drama, physical. How about running physical again in that week and invite all your brethren, all of the youth? Synopsis. You know what I'm saying? So maybe we get a guest speaker to come here, some random different speaker who can speak maybe to our middle class friends in ways that maybe we cannot. I don't know. We're going to have a think tank where we can come together and talk about how we can maximize an outreach potential and opportunity. Amen? Good. So that's Passion for Life. What's next? Urban Mission Sunday. Pastor E, we say. Um, real quick, I think that for many who are especially new to the church, the urban mission is an unknown quantity. You're not really quite sure. You hear about it and you see um, things um, mentioned and so on. But um, what we want to do is really, at this point where Urban Mission has been a real um, outreach engine, if you like, an outreach vehicle within the church, it's varied in, in its structure, um, for what structure it has. Um, it's been effective and the Lord's used it. We're in a place of transition where we, as a church, are saying, okay, Lord, um, we are not going to presume to continue in the way that we have been because we have been doing that. But we want to seek you as to how and what you would do with Urban Mission. And so as part of that process and as part of feeding into Passion for Life where we're able to take a local focus that we have not specifically done in a, in an, in a um, major way. We do Family Day, which is a local event. And um, that's been a blessing. But beyond that, we're responding to that challenge of the Lord to say, how can we reach our community? And so um, Urban Mission as an outreach vehicle, an evangelistic vehicle, is 
um, pulling in for an overhaul. And we're saying one of the things we want to do is to be able to kind of share just some of the experience up to date. And more importantly, share with you the biblical understanding as to outreach that we work with. What is our um, theology, our philosophy of ministry when it comes to outreach? And I can tell you in a nutshell, it's salt and light. Salt, preventing decay, light, um, you know, um, dispelling the darkness and, and bringing um, clarity. And so those two work together, and that's what the basis of Urban Mission is. And so Urban Mission Sunday really is just aiming to give you an insight to what the Lord's been doing um, with us with regards to outreach. And then also using that as a springboard to pray about what the Lord may do. How would the Lord want to change? We don't assume that it's going to be just sound system or bread of spitting bars or singing. or it, you know, There's so much more that the Lord may want to do. We recognize that, for example, there's so many people that work in education, work in the, in the social sector, and it's not by accident. It's not by chance. You know, does the Lord want us to start our own school? Does the Lord want us to start our own uh, nursing home? Whatever. We've got everything to play for. Everything to play for. And so we want to um, consider these things. Amen. So we're talking about outreach. How many of you know that August um, is a busy month for us? And again, we're talking about the future. With regard to August, it's already been mentioned that we have a trip to Austria. We have a potential trip to Jamaica. But also during the August um, month, we have an outreach that Calvary Chapel, which is a much, much, much bigger family than some of you probably would imagine, nearly 2,000 churches, particularly in the States on the West Coast. Um, Calvary Chapel is doing an outreach um, called, sorry, that slide was a bit late, sorry, um, called Creation Fest. Some of you have been involved in Creation Fest over the years. It's probably been running for about eight years or so, something like that. Well, Creation Fest is bigger and better this year. And again, because time is against us, you can go to the website and have a look and see what's going on. But basically, Creation Fest is a free music festival um, and the Bible week, and big emphasis on Bible week. It used to be three days, now it's a whole week. Mad teaching, music, all different kinds. It's like a, it's like a Christian Glastonbury. And um, different people have been involved musically and suspect will have potential potential possibility to do so again this year. We'll talk a little bit more about Creation Fest because it is quite detailed. So for the meantime, check the website, um, www.creationfest2010.co.uk, something like that. Um, type in Creation Fest UK and that will take you straight to the site. Um, but that's in August, so you're going to have to determine whether you're going to do an Austria thing, whether you're going to get involved in Jamaica or Creation Fest. It's a bit tricky. Again, August is a busy month. Now, just to wrap things up, this is the last thing that we want to mention and we'll be done in the next two minutes. I've been talking about the future. One of the things we really, really would like to see take place, which is really going to take us to another level, is a building. Now, it seems like an impossibility, you know what I'm saying, from where we're standing. Um, like when we prayed for, for Sammy and Abs, it's like finances, you look and you think, man, how are we going to do this? But you know what? God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All of the gold and the silver are his. You know what I'm saying? The earth is the Lord's and every single thing that's in it. So, you know around here, we don't stress it when it comes to money. We ain't trying to rinse nobody out. You get me? Um, yet, 
we're going to in future talk about finance and money because it is a part of you know what I'm saying kingdom living and so we're going to talk about that but we're mentioning this thing about the building because it's not even it's not funny imagine if we had a building where we could have two or three services on a Sunday evening services that midweek services where the youth got their own little spot where they can come in and they got nice carpeted and sofas and they can jam and they can do their music and whatever just somewhere to you know what I mean how much of a blessing would that be services huh? oh, what about us <laughs> but how wonderful would that be you know what I mean to have our own building so that we could have 24 hours a day 7 days a week and we could just really begin to take things forward we're even talking about doing stuff for Urban Mission in a building that was our own where we could really just get involved in a community mothers and toddlers on the next level the praise team they got their spots. Sound man don't have to come in and set nothing up. Everything's in place properly. Well, it's for the future, isn't it? So James says, if you don't ask, you don't receive. So we're asking you to join with us as we pray that the Lord might move a mountain and provide that for us so we can take things to the next level. There's enough other churches got buildings and, and you know, for, for different reasons, but we know why we want a building. It's not about, you know what I'm saying, anything other than building the kingdom of God. And so let's end on this verse as we get ready to pray. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Except the Lord builds the house, those that labor, labor in vain. The Bible says that we're a spiritual house, you know what I'm saying, in that we are spiritual bricks and blocks built up together. We make up a spiritual house um, in which really God ought to be honored. And it's not bricks and mortar, it's us. You know what I mean? And that's what we want to see built and we cannot do it ourselves. That is myself, Pastor Ian, Pastor P. We need to do this as a collective. We're a body. Everybody functioning, as it says in Ephesians, every joint supplying that which is necessary to the rest of the body for the building, of, building up of itself in love under Christ Jesus the head. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, and that's our desire. We know that you're not enamored with buildings, brick-built buildings. Thank you, Lord. You... You're building a, a temple made without hands. And Father, whether it's outreach, whether it's local or abroad, Father, whether it's um, praise, Father, whether it's youth, Father, whether it's midweek meetings, Lord, we look back at the past and we see what you've done. Lord, we're here. We're not much. But thank you that you can save by many or by few. The issue ain't numbers. Father, the issue ain't quantity, the issue's quality. And that's what we want to see. We wanna, Father, we want to see our roots go down deep. Because we can't grow up until we go down deep. And then when we go down deep and then we spread out broad, Lord, then we can begin to grow up. And that's our desire, Father. But we do want to see quant quality. And, and, but sorry, we do want to see quantity, Lord. Um, because that's going to bring glory to your name as others become a part of the building. And so, Father, here's our, you know, our, 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 our meager plans for the future. Um, Lord, you know our desires. Our hope is that they would be linked in with your heart. And Psalm 34 says, Lord, that if we will delight ourselves in you, you will give us the desires of our heart. And we're asking that, Lord, whatever our desires, that they would reflect your desires for this year. Lord, for every single one of us in here personally and also for us corporately. So, Lord, we commit ourselves to you.
and ask that, Father, you, you would do that which Jesus said, which is to build your church. In Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake, we ask. Amen. Amen. Um, I don't know if we need a parting shot, fellas. You got anything else you want to add to what we said? Thank you so much for sharing this time with us and allowing us to share our hearts with you. Um, you know, we're committed to development, and that's really what the Lord's put on our heart for this year. I mean, um, the Lord's provided opportunity for some of us to go and get literally personally developed by way of instruction, and that's just a reflection of, you know, our commitment. And um, we recognize that the Lord is committed to developing us, and that, um, you know, we're a team. Together, everyone achieves more. And there's a great work to be done. There's a hurting world out there. And, um, you know, there's, there's ministry to be done among us. Because, you know, there's needs among our, ourselves. So, let's do this, man.